So look at this as I had a I had a great relationship. I had some great times with her. We're now going to go and, and go our separate ways, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to you, okay? It's going to be hard for her too, but you're going to have to let her go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for watching and listening wherever you're coming from. I appreciate you. I love this podcast. I love answering your questions, walking through them like we're sitting around a campfire. If you have a question for me, email Podcast at gmail.com. We'll put it in the queue. I have no notes. I only have my phone where I am reading your emails. That's all I'm doing. So you, you could take this with a grain of salt. I'm not always right on these, and they're about all different subjects, but... You could take it as if you're sitting around with a friend and I'm just telling you at first glance of your question how I would walk through it with you, like we're friends, and I feel like we are. So let's jump into this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to randomly hit some of these emails. This one says, subject line, overthinking. Hey, Granger, my name is Ashton. I'm 15 years old. I live in Massachusetts. Lately, I've been overthinking a lot of things that seem relatively easy for other people. I've also been constantly thinking about the future more than I have been living my own life in the current moment. So here's my question. Do you have any advice on how to help with this process and how to make me better? Thanks. I love your music. It comes from Ashton, Massachusetts, 15 years old. Um, Great question, man. Uh, You are worrying about the future, first of all, don't. You're 15, but you're not going to take my advice because that's that's impossible. But I'm telling you from my chair, looking at you, and having been a 15-year-old, you have nothing to worry about. You have only your life ahead of you, brother. So try to live life in the present. So then you think, well, how do I do that? Because I've got all this stuff I'm worried about. I'm constantly thinking and I'm overthinking. How do I, how do I be present? Well, first of all, be careful that device, that screen that you're on because that that constantly makes you unconscious. The more you're flipping through a screen, the more unconscious you are to the present moment, because that's putting you in a place where you're looking at other things, you're looking at other people, and then you're, you're comparing yourself to those other people. That's what social media does. So avoid that when you can. It's impossible to completely avoid it. I understand that's part of our, it's integrated into our lives right now. But realize that when you go on there, you need to have a purpose. You're going on social media for a certain reason. You're going on there to look at something or to post something or to check something out. But then be aware that you're going to fall unconscious to it and 10 minutes could go by quickly. And then you go, where did those 10 minutes go? That's because I was scrolling through other stuff, right? So be careful of that. The other thing is, to concentrate on the present, sometimes you have to do things to make you feel present. What are those things? Well, I'll tell you what, a cold shower is something. Anything that, that gives your body out of the sense of its normal environment. So a cold shower will shock your body into a fight or flight. Getting into an ice bath is the ultimate way. I'm telling you right now, it's the quickest, most efficient, cheapest way right now for you to be present with yourself and to practice being in the present moment. That's taking an ice bath. I'm talking go to the gas station and get you three bags of ice, dump it into your bathtub and fill the bathtub up. 
get ready for a shock to your whole system. And if you want to get fun with it, you could do this. If you want to get fun with it, get a timer. You should do this anyway. Get a timer and make sure you go 30 seconds at least in this ice, right? You're thinking I'm crazy right now. I'm trying to answer your question in a unique way. And I've done this many times. Time yourself 30 seconds, get in the ice. And at first you just feel this complete shock. It feels terrible. It feels like needles are all over and you you feel in pain. But when you wait 30 seconds, that's about the number that I've calculated with my personal experience. After 30 seconds, you start going numb and all the, all the blood in your extremities rushes to your core because it thinks we're dying right now. We're dying and we need blood to keep us warm. So all the, all the blood rushes from your extremities to your core. And when it hits your core and all the blood goes into the center of your body, you feel a calmness, a peace, a euphoria. And you could relax at that point. Now, don't go more than three minutes at the beginning. The first time you ever do it, I wouldn't go over three minutes. And I could tell you why on a different story. I've tried this many times. But after three minutes, get out, dry off, and you're going to notice, then start your timer again, okay? So watch the timer again. And about three, it takes about the equal time that you're in the ice, which is if you're doing it for three minutes, about three minutes later, the blood, your body goes, okay, I'm not going to die. I thought I was going to die. I'm not going to die. So it's time to circulate the blood again. So the blood goes then from your core back out to your extremities. And when it goes back out, it's cold blood. And you could feel it in your fingertips, in your feet, in your legs, and your elbows. You could feel this cold flush go through you. And it's all fresh. So your, your, your blood has recirculated your entire system. And it's really good for you. It's good to do this. And one of the benefits, one of the many benefits from this is you are present. I promise you, Ashton, if you try this, when you're in that water, for those three minutes, you're watching your timer, you're literally watching seconds go by of your life. Precious seconds that you can't get back. That's a good thing. And as you as you feel that and you're in that ice, you're not thinking about the future or things that you did in the past or what you're going to do tomorrow at school. You're only focused on those seconds as they tick by slowly. This is one of the many things you could do to practice being present in the moment, sealing yourself in that moment. Try this, okay? Get back to me. Let me know what happens. Next question says, subject line, a struggling mom. Hey, Granger. I have a 17-year-old son who in the last year and a half has changed completely. He and I have always been close, but now he wants nothing to do with me. He says he hates me. I'm not a mother to him, and he even left home for nine days. I caught him vaping, and he thinks there's nothing wrong with it. I've tried to talk to him about it, but all I get is leave me alone. He was raised in church, but he's fallen away and does not want any part of it. He has a girlfriend who is very verbally and physically abusive to him, She's even punched him in the face, but he keeps going back. Please help a desperate mother who's in need of advice. She says, parentheses, I do have him in counseling. Thank you, Donna from Missouri. Shout out to Missouri. Donna, thank you for emailing. It's a great question, and I'm sorry for the, the struggle that you're in right now. I've been 17. We've all been 17. You've been 17. Where to go from here? Okay, you're you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna validate your your feelings that you're worried. You love him. 
you're worried about him, you care about his well-being, you care about his a, a girlfriend that is physically and verbally abusing him, you care about his health because he's vaping, and you just want your son back, right? And and we're going to go through this with our kids one day. We Everyone that has teenagers eventually goes through this where you feel like you've lost the little boy that you once had, the little boy that you cuddled with and read storybooks to, and he asked you for advice and he listened to you and he called mommy and you made him snacks. You 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 miss that little boy. But as you know, Donna, he's he's gone and he's becoming a man. This is his transition into becoming a man. And he is experimenting with a lot of things that you don't agree with. While you're encouraging him to stop these things that you don't agree with, be careful in this encouragement that you are also praising him for what he's doing right. He needs that. So, I mean, let's let's say he, he gets up and he makes his bed one day. Maybe, maybe he does it. Maybe, you're, maybe that's pushing it. Say he makes his bed one day. You got to come in and you got to go, I, I'm just... I'm so proud of the, of the man that you're becoming and the responsibility that you're taking. I'm so proud at the boy that I've raised that's now becoming a man. Make sure that you get to say those words to him. Find times during the day. Watch him. Study him. Find times during the day when you could, you could pour that into him so that he's not only hearing the things that he does wrong, it's pushing him away. He's hearing nagging. He's hearing things he's doing wrong. He's hearing corrections constantly. And inside, he's thinking, I guess I don't do anything right. So I'll just keep doing the wrong stuff. It's not that big a deal. I'll just wash it off my back. All I hear is negative from, from mom. In fact, I don't even want to, I want to leave the home, right? I want to be gone for nine days because at least I'm not getting nagged. Donna, I'm not saying that you're a nagging mother, but I'm saying, I'm, tr- I'm trying to give you suggestions of ways to pour love into him. Give him positivity. Don't just tell him the things he's doing wrong, but tell him the things he's doing right. And if I were you, I would tell him equally or more times that he's doing right than the times you tell him he's doing wrong. Instead of correcting him all the time, say, say you're talking about vaping. Instead of saying, that stuff's going to kill you. Stop doing the vaping. I don't know why you do this. I raised you better than this. Instead of that, say, I see you're vaping a lot. Yeah? What's it to you, mom? Huh. I don't know a lot about vaping. Can you tell me more about, about what, it, what it is and why you like it so much? Can you tell me more about it? Open up a conversation so that he knows. He has to explain it to you. Well, I don't know. It relaxes me. I do it with my friends. Let him explain it to you. He knows. He knows. You don't have to tell him. But open up the conversation so at least you're talking about it. Talk to him about his girlfriend in the same way. Say, do you love her? Does she, do you treat her well? Start with that. Do you treat her well? Yeah, yeah, I treat her well. Good. That's how I raised you. I raised you to treat women well. You know that, right? Yes. Does she treat you well? Well... I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes she, a lot of, most of the time she does. Watch him start stumbling through these words. It, it, but you're having a conversation. Let him answer it for you. Ask her. Ask him if she's, if she's the best that he could do right now. Is she's the best girl that for you right now. 
Let him answer that. Let him give you the answer. Let him walk through instead of you correcting him. And make sure you're pouring positivity. Make sure you're pouring love into him. Tell him you love him. Tell him how, how much you're proud of him for who he's becoming. This, that, that kind of psychology that you're going to give him is going to show him, first of all, that you love him, you're there for him, you care for him, and also that you have an expectation and that you're watching. And he's not going to want to disappoint you. He's not going to want to disappoint that version of you. The other version, the nagging version, that's no big deal to him. He's used to it. He's numb to it now. Okay? See what that does for you. Scrolling through, next question. Subject line, long distance, anonymous. What's up, Granger? I'm about to graduate high school. I've been, I have a pretty serious girlfriend. We've been dating for three years. It's been nothing but the best time of my life. We're going to different colleges, and we have been going back and forth on doing long distance. Her family likes me as an individual, but sees the importance of growing apart, breaking up first, and possibly rekindling a flame somewhere down the road. I personally do not see this working out, if that's the route we need to take, but I do see her family is respecting me a little bit more if I were to be more successful, and I'm not. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Anonymous, this is one of these instances that I've talked about before where you're answering your own question to me, and you're telling me your words. I personally do not see this working out if this is the route we need to take. And you also know, so you know two things here. You know that this is not going to work out. And you also know that this is the route you need to take. Because life has come to a crossroads and you're going to different colleges. You can't change colleges for her. She can't change colleges for you. You're still in high school and I'm not going to deny you the idea that this is some of the best times of your life with her. There's nothing wrong with that. Good. Think of, think of, think of the blessing you have from having a girlfriend that you, you, you had some great times with as opposed to the opposite. I get a lot of emails that are, that are the opposite. So look at this as I had a, I had a great relationship. I had some great times with her. We're now going to go and and go our separate ways, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to you, okay? It's going to be hard for her too, but you're going to have to let her go. This is a time when everyone listening can tell you they've been there, and you have to let her go. Go to her own college. You go to yours. Experience life. Don't get caught up talking to her late at night over and over getting up early for a test the next day, failing the test because you stayed up till 3 a.m. talking to her, missing her. Protect yourself. Protect your heart in this. Open up because that's going to close you off to making new friends and you will make new friends. She will too. That's probably what you're afraid of, but she will. And if it's meant to be, you'll get back together. Don't plan on it. Don't don't force that card to to pop up and you play that hand. Don't do that, right? Go your separate ways. We have a sovereign God that, that has a plan for all of us. And if this, is, if this is meant to be, it'll happen. But you have to go through this heartbreak. You have to go through this separation. You have to go through the long distance and don't push it. Let her go. This 
Speaking of, next question, subject line, breakup. Dear Granger, my name is Connor. I'm 18. About six months ago, I went through a heartbreak with a girl that I've been with for about two years. We shared a lot of memories and first experiences together. I'll say that a huge part of why things ended was my own mistakes, my own actions that I made. She's now moved on. We have mutual friends, and it's like everywhere I look, there's a reminder of us. Things have gotten better, but I still find myself not being able to sleep some nights because I'm wondering what she's doing and what I could have done differently. Any advice you might have would mean a lot. Connor, this is what 90s country music is all about, brother. There have been so many songs written about your situation. You know what? That also proves that you're not the first, you're not the last, and you're not alone. Heartbreak, man. Heartbreak. Things that you could have done differently. Mistakes that you might have made that drove her away. Now you find yourself not being able to sleep some nights wondering what she's doing. There's a Garth Brooks song called What She's Doing Now. There's literally a song called What She's Doing Now. Because what she's doing now is tearing me apart. Filling up my mind and emptying my heart. I can hear her call each night the cold wind blows. And I wonder if she knows what she's doing now. That's literally (laughs) the heart and soul of all of 1990s country music. So where do you go from here? You're 18. You have so much life ahead of you and so does she. Understand, first of all, that you're sick. You're, you've got you've got a heart that's broken and it's making you sick. But understanding that is is a big part of your battle right now. Understanding you're not alone, understanding this is a natural occurring event that happens to you. Heartbreak is natural. And, and you're heartbroken because you had a good thing at one time and you feel like you messed it up. So there's good news. Now you know. Now you get to, to go back and think about those things. What did I do? What did I not say to her enough? What did I not do enough? What did I do too much of? How did I neglect her? In what ways? And then, and then think to yourself, one day when I meet a girl, and you will meet a girl, one day when I have another relationship, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. I've learned from those mistakes now. And the next girl is going to benefit from that. And you're going to have a better relationship because of it. And then one day, you do this a couple times in a row. One day you're going to meet a girl and go, that says, where did you come from? You're the best guy ever. And you're going to think, I went through hell and back. And I learned. And I stayed up late nights and I cried. And I, and I, I wondered what I could have done differently. And then I corrected it several times until I met you. You're not going to tell her this. but And then I met you. And I'm better because of the the track record I had, the mistakes that I made, made me better now. And I'm a better man, and I'm a better boyfriend, and ultimately a better husband. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You don't have to make that mistake with your wife. Things that you didn't say or did too much of, ways that you neglected. You learn the lesson now. That doesn't make this heartbreak easier for you. But you should know that you're not alone A lot of people feel like this. So take some time. Take some time. Don't jump into another relationship. Don't rebound. If I were you, I would use those sleepless nights to start talking to God. 
hey God, it's me, Connor. I'm broken. And I'm going to read something. Psalm 23. I'm going to read it, God, because this comes from your own heart. This comes from David, a man of your own heart. I'm going to read this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Start there. There's so many Psalms you can get into, but start there. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, right? But you're going to fear no evil. This is something you have to repeat to your heart. You're broken, but you're going to be better. And this will pass. And every day that goes by, is going to get better. Don't stalk her on social media. That's only going to restart the whole process again. Thanks for emailing, brother. Next question says, podcast question. Hey, I have a question for you. What camera do you use in your vlog? I love all your songs and I just love watching the Smiths on your family channel and I love you radio. This question comes from Lindsay and she's from Delaware. Lindsay, when I'm vlogging, I use Sony camera. I use a, a, an A7 III. The A7 III is this one I'm looking at straight ahead. Uh, sorry, excuse me, the A7C is what I'm looking at, and the A7 III is the side angle right here. Then I use these Sony cameras a lot. They're great for vlogging. I also have Sony, Sony lenses on them. Okay, here's another question. It says, drastically changed, now I'm lost. Hey, Granger, my name is Andrew. I'm 20 years old. I'm a college student. I found you through TikTok at a time when I was pretty low. You were talking about being single and content, and it was something I really needed to hear at the time. Shortly after that, I found Jesus. I started reading the Bible. I started taking my faith seriously. This has resulted in good changes, such as overcoming physical addictions and blocking out lustful thoughts about women, which I've been struggling with in my life. This is called rebirth, by the way. However, some of these changes I'm realizing have been, I've been parading around in a persona that isn't truly me before the rebirth. I'm starting to realize that my friends aren't really friends. I'm starting to realize that things that I once thought were fun, like having a high body count, party, partying, and hyper lustful relationship culture in college are becoming disgusting to me. I was confident in my old body, but now that I have this mindset, that's been changing drastically. I feel disconnected from myself and I'm going through the motions. I feel trapped by my life that the old me has set up for me. My confidence is really low and I'm noticing myself becoming a lot more bitter and distant from others. The only things I find joy in now is my family, who I don't see that much because I'm in school, and the time I spend reading my Bible. I trust this is all part of God's plan for me, but it's really discouraging to feel so angry, lost, and lacking confidence. Any thoughts? Thanks, Granger. Love the show. Andrew. Andrew, thanks for emailing, brother. So what, what's happening to you is you were reborn. You found a new love. You found uh, salvation in Jesus you found out that you are now eternally minded, that you, you, you realize now that, that Jesus defeated your sin at the cross. A man came 2,000 years ago, the son of God, and he was persecuted, and he was ridiculed, and he was killed. After living a perfect life and even performing many miracles, healing people, healing the sick, rebuking demons, that were possessing people. He was ultimately killed in the, the worst way possible, crucifixion. Three days later, just as he predicted, just as he foretold, and just like so many prophets before him foretold, he was resurrected. He came back to life three days later. 
This happened in history with eyewitnesses, hundreds of eyewitnesses that wrote the story down, that were inspired by God, that fulfilled ancient prophecies. And Jesus' message was that through dying, he would defeat sin, which is the root problem within all of us. It's the problem that we all struggle with. It's, it's the time that we all think, there's something better for me. There's something wrong with me. Jesus says, yes, it's sin, and I've defeated it for you. Believe, repent, and I'll forgive you. And with me, you'll have rest and eternal life. That's the story of the gospel. You were reborn through that story. Now, what's happening to you is called sanctification. So now, you're feeling, you're feeling the, the scales of your sin shedding off you. So the old life, you, were, you died to yourself, and now you're reborn. You have a new life, a, a, a new purpose, a new direction, but it doesn't mean you just lost the old skin. It's still on you. So that's what you're talking about, your old life that has set up, right? So you're going to, it's not an instant process. That doesn't just leave. You don't just wake up and you have new everything. So you're slowly shedding this, these scales are falling off of you. And sometimes that process of sanctification is painful. It's painful in your case because you're losing friends. You're losing your confidence. You're losing the world that was set up around you. But it's a good thing. Because I mean, it's a good thing for many reasons. One, because you're saved. You're a Christian now. You're a believer. You have a purpose. You believe in a God that has planned out your life for you, set apart good works for you before you were even born. And now you know that you're awake now. You were asleep and now you're awake. But that process of shedding, which is a good thing, is going to lead you to new friends and new desires and new hobbies and a new purpose. And you're going to find people around you that feel the same way and say, Did it, was it hard when you were reborn? Was it hard when you died to your old self? And you go, yes, it was. But then I met you guys and now you're my new friends and we have so much in common. And you're going to find a small group and you're going to find church and you're going to go to the pastor at church. You're going to go, my name is Connor and I'm, I'm reborn and I'm struggling a little bit with my confidence because I, I thought I was this person. That was my identity, but now I have a new identity in Christ. And so I'm, I'm going this direction and, and it feels scary and it feels new. And the pastor's going to go, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was there too. Welcome to the club. You have a whole life ahead of you. So this sanctification process will last your whole life and mine, but that's okay. Sometimes it's painful, but it's taking you in a great direction. I'm so happy for you. I'm going to take a break and be right back. Podcast today is brought to you by Raycon. You know, Mother's Day is coming up. I hope you remember that. You know, moms are often one of the few people in our lives that still leave voicemails on our phone or just call to say hi. So this Mother's Day, make that mom extra special and spoil her with a gift from the quality premium wireless audio courtesy of Raycon. Raycon wireless earbuds are a must-have for super moms. 
all those masters of multitasking who need to keep their hands free. With Raycon, they can stay entertained listening to their favorite podcast or music, plus take phone calls with vivid voice technology, all hands-free. Raycon are user-friendly for moms who are just switching to wireless earbuds. Easy to set up, easy to use, seamless Bluetooth pairing. It's super simple. I love these things. They come in a bunch of fun colors and options, so you could find mom a color that suits her personality and style with optimized gel tips for the perfect fit every time in your ears. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, she won't have a hard time getting used to them. My mom is not good with technology. Trust me, if she could figure this out easy, your mom can too. So for moms on the go, Raycons last eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. That lasts an entire trip across the country whenever I'm on tour. Trust me, I've done this. Ever since I've been reading about Raycon, I have put them to the test, whether in the gym or in the rain or loading in at soundcheck or on a really long air flight. I love my Raycons. So tell your mom how much you love her and go make sure she hears it in crystal clear audio quality with Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com slash Granger to get 15% off your Mother's Day order. That's buyraycon.com slash Granger. Podcast also brought to you all by Movement. That's MVMT. You've heard me talk about this before. Awesome watches, awesome glasses. In fact, I'm wearing the blue light glasses right now. They work perfectly when I'm doing after midnight or doing the podcast or editing music, looking at my screen all the time. They help reduce that eye strain for me. So I'm also wearing one of their watches. In fact, I wear all of all of movement stuff. I love their field watches. They look so country <laughs> and they're really rugged too. So you got to check this out. Movement, like I said, is expanded into blue light glasses, minimalist jewelry, and more styles of that just won't break the bank. They're just not that expensive, but they look expensive. All designed out of the headquarters in California. Now, you're also the first to know that they're having a huge site-wide sale for Mother's Day. Their prices are slashed up to 40% off from April 21st to May the 6th to make sure you can get the perfect gift for mom. Beautiful watches to fine 18 karat jewelry. This is quality modern watches for a really good price. Really durable glasses with UV rated polarized lenses and timeless styles of premium blue light glasses like I'm wearing right now. Not only make you look great, but they also filter 90% of the most intense blue light rays from your digital screen so you could scroll comfortably. And like I said, they're also great gifts. So shop up to 40% off for Mother's Day and save big on the perfect gift for mom. Join the movement by going to mvmt.com slash Granger. Right now, enjoy up to 40% off. Again, that's mvmt.com slash Granger. And speaking of Mother's Day, if you want to get a shout out from me personally, a video message that you want to send to your mom or anyone else, hey, go to cameo.com slash Granger Smith. You could find me there. You could also download the Cameo app. It's super easy. And I'll make a personalized video message from you and I'll read it however you want me to read it. So go to cameo.com slash Granger Smith. Okay, diving into the next question here. It says, subject line, question if you could answer it in your next email. Okay, here we go. You got it, buddy. Hey, Granger, my name... Edwin. Hey, Granger, my name is Edwin. I'm 17 years old, and there's a girl that I know that I want to tell her how I feel, but I'm so scared of rejection and fear that my heart will be destroyed again, and I don't want to feel that pain again. People that have listened to this podcast for a long time know the many uh, directions I can go with this. Like I could tell you, Edwin, I could tell you 
You should never live a life being scared of the pain. You should take the dance every time. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be so guarded that you're, you're scared to step out and try something new because you're going to miss out. And you're going to live a, a very boring life if you never do that. You've also heard me tell the stories of, of building up confidence and being vulnerable to the girl, walking up to her and say, I got to tell you, my name is Edwin and I'm really nervous right now being as vulnerable as possible. I'm really nervous right now. Uh, but I just think you're, I think you're really beautiful. And, and, and I wanted to tell you that, and I'm sorry if I'm stuttering, but I see you every day and, and you make me nervous, but I wanted you to know. Okay. I've told this story before, but Edwin, I, I also want to tell you a story. I want, I want to take you in another direction because there's something underlying here that you haven't mentioned, but you're saying, I fear that my heart will be destroyed again, and I don't want to feel that pain again. Meaning, probably recently, you had a heartbreak, and it crushed you. And so that's why I'm going to tell you right now, Edwin, it's too soon. It's too soon. This girl that you're seeing, you're 17, there's going to be another one. I promise you. There's three and a half billion girls on this planet. It's not the last time you're 17. It's not the last time you're going to see a girl and feel really attracted to her and really want to talk to her, okay? Pump the brakes. You're fresh out of something. You're fresh out of some kind of pain. And now is the time to, to be content with who you are, Edwin, to be content in your singleness now, to hang with your guy friends, to lean into your hobbies don't get into this right now. It's too soon. That's the feeling I get. If we were sitting around a campfire, I think I could pull this out of you. And I think you could tell me that you would probably say that four months ago, you got out of a relationship and you she crushed you. So then I would tell you, buddy, it's not the time to get set up to be crushed again. Now it's time to pump the brakes, to be single, and to, to find contentment in that, Okay. You're not going to let a girl define you. You don't need to be in a relationship to be whole or complete. That is a, a Hollywood lie. You are complete already the way you are. You have a full heart and a, every full organ and you have two arms and two legs. You don't need a girl to complete who you are. So don't do it right now. It's not time. This feels like a rebound. It feels like it's too soon. I'm making some assumptions here, but that's what, that's what I'm getting from this email. Okay. Not now. Not now. I should take some pressure off of you. Go back into the hobbies that you're doing. Flipping through here, this says, advice for my brother. Hey, Granger, I'd like to stay anonymous. My brother, 21, and his girlfriend, 19, have been dating for a little over a year now, and they've been living together for the past four months. Since they've been living together, they've been fighting a lot more lately because she doesn't, know, she doesn't help pay the bills, and she doesn't cook or clean, even though she's home all day. And she doesn't have a job. My brother works all day at our family farm, usually from 9 a.m. to 7 to 10 p.m., sometimes earlier and later. So when he comes home, he just wants to relax, but he has to clean and make food. I was wondering if there's any advice you can give me that I could tell him in this situation. Thanks for your time. I love your podcast, Anonymous. Yeah. Yeah, I could help you, Anonymous. Well, I wish I, wish I was talking to your brother, but... 21, she's 19. <laughs> this is not a good situation, okay? 
can't be living together. You can't be playing house right now. You're not married. If, if you were married, I would have a completely different set of advice for your brother, right? I would, there would be, this would be a completely different conversation. But he's, he's talking about a girlfriend that doesn't have a ring on her finger and there's no kids in the house. And he's already being bothered because she's not working and she's not cleaning? The, the, you see what I'm saying? That this just does not make sense. You're asking me how to f- help fix their relationship when they're not married. They're going about this backwards. They're already playing house. It's time for him to move out. And he's probably not going to because I'm assuming he didn't email me. You did because you see the problem more than he does and he loves her. But he's got to move out, man. And this is for anyone else listening. It's not a time to be moving in and he's working all these hours and he's working 14-hour days and comes home and his girlfriend hasn't done anything. She doesn't have a job. She's just mooching off this. It's time. She's 19. He needs to kick her out. She needs to get a job. And I'm not totally blaming her because he's allowing this to happen. But that's just not the way we're set up. Humans are not set up to do this. And we think that we think that we are, and we watch Hollywood movies, and we think that it, this is this what you're supposed to do. But no, everybody at your family farm. I'm assuming your dad or your grandpa or other family members are involved here at this work. Need to get around him and say, "Man, it's time for her to move out. It's time. You could still date her. You could still have a girlfriend, but it's time to move out. This is." This is not the right situation. This is not the right environment to, to eventually decide you want to get married and then have kids and you're already seeing these red flags. No, boom. That's an easy answer. That's the, that is the easiest answer. No, move out. Flipping around here, subject line says, repairing relationship with Jesus and a new baby. Hey, my name is Noah. And me and my girlfriend are expecting our first child together. I have no doubt that I want to spend the rest of my life with her. However, we aren't engaged because in preparing for the baby has become our main focus. I've had a difficult relationship with God in the past, but my eyes have been opened up recently. My only real struggle is going back to attending church with a pregnant girlfriend that I'm not married to. So I'm excited to be a dad and I love this baby more than I ever thought I could. And she's not even here yet. I'm just worried that having a baby out of wedlock could be a hurdle in our relationship with God and the church. She wants to go back to church as well, but she has similar reservations like me. Thank you for answering. We're a huge fan of your music. Dismissed from the podcast. Hmm. It's interesting. Back-to-back questions. You. <laughs> it's interesting. You know how I'm going to answer this, Noah. And the funny thing is, Thank you for thank you, dude, for trusting me with this, and thanks for emailing, and thanks for listening and watching. And I'm going to tell you straight up, you you already know my answer. You've if you've listened to my podcast, you already know my answer, right? And I appreciate you trusting me with this. But you also answered yourself. You here's what you said. Let me read your words. I'm just worried that having a baby out of wedlock could put a could be a hurdle in my relationship with God and the church. Why do you think that? Maybe because that's what God says in his word. See, God sets this up, right? He, we have the Bible as a roadmap for us. 
And it's set up not to be a hindrance to us or a a problem for us because he's putting restrictions. He's putting handcuffs on a fun life, on a good life. God is not putting handcuffs on our life. He's setting these, these standards for us to follow so that we have a better life. Why? How does he know that? Because he created us. It's like you buy a truck from Ford and Ford says, here's your truck. This is a gas-powered F-150. By the way, don't put diesel in it. Now, if you do, that's not that big a deal to Ford, but they know because they made it, they created it, they built the truck that it needs gasoline. And so they say, don't put diesel in it. And then you go out and you put diesel in it and it breaks down. And you go, why did Ford tell me that? I don't understand. Ford told you that for your own good, not for God's good, not for Ford's good. God is already good, right? He doesn't need anything. He is complete already. He is good already. But he makes he makes these guidelines for us so that we could feel more content with him. And we could be more satisfied in our life. And we could have less hurdles. That's your word, hurdle. Having a baby out of wedlock could put a hurdle in a relationship. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the good news, Noah. You could fix this right now. The baby's not a problem. A baby is never a problem. A baby is never an accident to God. A baby is never a mistake to God. It always has a purpose, right? So there's nothing bad about the baby. It's, it's how you're going about planning on raising it. Your, your words at the very beginning of your, your email say, we aren't engaged because we're preparing for the baby, which has become our main purpose, our main focus. Imagine this baby 30 years from now, and you say, the baby says, the man says, why did, why did you not marry mom when I was a baby? Because we were focusing on having you. That doesn't, that doesn't compute. Because what a kid needs is mom and dad secure. It's like when you're in an airplane and they, they, they say, when the oxygen mask comes down, right? Secure yourself first. Put it on yourself first, not your kid. Not on the person next to you. Put it on yourself. Why? Because when you get the oxygen mask and you put it on, now you could focus because you're breathing, you're good. Now you could actually help others instead of helping others while you're passing out because you don't have oxygen. That's why the airlines say that. Put the oxygen mask on you first. So you first, buddy, which is your relationship with your girlfriend. Secure that first, then focus on the baby. Because if you don't, you're not going to have the oxygen to take care of the baby. Does that make sense? So here's the, here's, this is where it gets easy. This answer is so easy. You're, you want to go to church. You're worried about what God will think of you and a pregnant girlfriend. You know how to fix it? Go to the courthouse. The day you hear this podcast, Noah, ironic name, by the way, go to the courthouse today or tomorrow, and get that piece of paper. Marry this girl. You said, you said, I have no doubt I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Then what are you waiting on, bro? Wrap it up. Go get the paper. Put the ring on her finger. I don't care if it's a plastic ring from Yee Yee Apparel. I don't care what the ring looks like. You could get a ring 
You could save up and get a nice engagement ring later. You could have a big party, invite all your family and all your friends and celebrate later. But right now, marry this girl. Put the rubber ring on her finger. Put the silicone ring on her finger and get this done. You're going to be so, that this is going to let your heart be free. You're going to sleep at night and go, we did it. We're right now we're, we're on a good path now. No more regret, no more worry, no more shame, no more vulnerability. You got it. Go do this, okay? Don't worry about what America tells you. You need to have a long engagement. You got to get the perfect church and she's got to get the perfect dress. This is not going to happen now. There's a baby coming. That's not going to happen. I don't care. You shouldn't care. It's not that big a deal. I barely even remember my my wedding. It was 13 years ago. I remember Amber walking down the aisle, and I remember it was a very special day, but I don't remember any other details. It's not that big a deal. This is a new thing in our culture to have these huge, perfect weddings and invite everybody. You've seen Braveheart, right? They got married in the woods with one preacher. Get a preacher to come to your house, whatever. Get it done. Okay, Noah, get it done. Next question says, relationship help. Hey, Granger, my name is Colby. I'm 19. I'm from Montgomery. I know you say every relationship is the same when when they're asking for advice, but I really think this one is different. Okay, challenge accepted. The girl I want to see is an EMT and a firefighter. She also has very little time off. I've seen her a few times, and I know she's into me, but I don't know if she's flaking when I ask her out or if she's genuinely busy. Any advice would be great. Okay, let me recap this, Colby. 19 years old from Montgomery. You really like this girl. She's amazing. And she's going to be 20 in a couple months. She's an EMT and a firefighter, and she's very busy. You've only seen her a few times and you know that she's into you, but you don't know if she's flaking when you ask her out or if she's actually busy. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, to me, the way I would approach this, this is, this is called courting, right? And this is a thing that was before our time, it was a really big deal. Let me tell you a story. My grandfather on my mother's side, he saw my grandmother and she was walking down the street. This was in the, the 30s. He saw her and he, he told his friends, he said, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> so he went up to her and he said, I'm going to marry you one day. And she said, I've got a boyfriend. Sorry. And she kept walking. And he went and he found out where she lived, maybe creepy, asked her dad. And he said, I want to marry your daughter. And he said, no, I don't think so. She's got a boyfriend. So then he saw her that weekend at the little the little street dance they had. This was in a little bitty town in West Texas. He saw her at the street dance and he came up to her again and he said, what's it going to take? I really like you. Can I dance with you? And she's like, fine, one dance. Okay, so fast forward a few weeks, he just kept this up. So that Corey, I mean, Colby, this is what you do. This is how, this is called courting. So she's an EMT, she's busy. Tell her straight up, 
I like you. Let's go on a date. She says, I'm busy. And you go, cool. How about Wednesday? And she goes, I'm working Wednesday. And you go, cool. And then you go find her and you say, how about Friday? She goes, I'm working Friday too, actually. Okay. Hey, let me know when you have time because I really want to see you. And she goes, I'm just really busy. Now, you can get a hint that she doesn't like you, but you told me, you, you, th- you said that she's into you. Court her, pursue her. Girls want to be pursued. They need to be pursued. Tell her, what's it going to take? I know you're busy. How about, how about this? Five minutes. I want to see you for five minutes. How about what time do you get off work? Well, I get off work at 10 p.m. How about I meet you at 10 p.m. And, and, we, and I bring you a Sonic Route 44 Cherry Limeade at 10 to 10.05. And we'll have a Cherry Limeade together. Tell her that. Find a way. Find a way. And if straight up she says, no, I actually don't want to see you. There's your hint. Move on. But I'm telling you, Colby, to pursue her, to find space and be patient with her. It seems like in this, this day and age, we go, I don't know, she's kind of flaking. She said no, so I'm out. I think I'm out. Whatever happened to the pursuit? Whatever happened to courting? Whatever happened to believing in something and going after it and being rejected over and over and over until you finally get a yes, until you finally get her to say, fine, fine, Sunday. I'm open Sunday. And you go, great, let's go see a movie. She goes, I don't have a car. And you go, I'll pick you up. Six o'clock Sunday, I'll be at your house. And then see how it goes. Pursue her. Subject line next one says laziness. Hey, Granger, I'm Ryan from Missouri. I have had issues with laziness and honestly just not caring about anything anymore. I'm in college and I'm failing a class because I think to myself, oh, I'll get it later. And then in regards to the caring, I just don't understand why. But it took my friends and family a month and a half to drag me out of the house to actually do something I really enjoy doing. Thanks for reading if you get the chance. Ryan. Ryan, shout out to Missouri. Thanks for the question. Laziness. Sloth. Sloth. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the deadly sins. And I don't blame you. We've all been through this. We've all felt this. This is, this is a season. Um, I do want to say, before I dig into this, I do want to say that sometimes this is a medical, medical condition that a doctor could help you with. So I do want you to consider that maybe you should bring it up to a doctor. Hey, doctor, I have no energy. I don't feel like I need to do anything. I can't, I can't be motivated to do anything. Okay, well, let's do a blood test. Like that's something. I got a feeling though, Ryan, I got a feeling that's not you. I got a feeling there's more going on. You need, to sh- you need something to shake you up. Something has to change. You're like a glass with, with glitter in it, right? That's, we're, all, we're all like a glass of water with glitter in it. And eventually all that glitter just goes and falls to the bottom. And then the glass is clear. And you got to get something to shake it up and get the, all that glitter spinning again. Because one thing leads to another. And then, and then you get motivated again. One thing to do, you've emailed me, so you, you recognize there's a problem, but you know one thing I would do if I were you, if I was your friend, I would say, okay, 
let's start looking at some of the things that are important, like the class. You don't want to fail the class. So I would go straight up. This takes courage, Ryan. This takes courage. But I would go to the professor in the class and I would say, my name's Ryan. I am struggling in this class and I feel like, I feel like mentally I'm getting it and I could do it, but I'm having trouble being motivated enough to do it. So here's some steps I'm going to take. I'm going to, I'm going to sit on the front row and I want you to help me stay accountable because I want, I really want to do this. I want this to matter to me. And so I'm going to, I want you to keep me accountable. I'm going to sit right in front of you on the front row and I'm going to watch you. And I want you to watch me because this matters to me. And I don't want this to be lost on me. Do you have enough courage to do that, Ryan? Let me ask you this. Do you care enough about the class to do something like that? If the answer is no, then we need a greater shakeup. We need something bigger. You know what I would say? Something like this. Marine Corps, Army. Time to pack up everything. You want to shake that glass up? You want to get that, all that glitter flowing again? Go to your Army recruiter, Marine Corps recruiter, and say, my name's Ryan, and I need to shake up my life. I'm feeling lazy. I'm feeling, I'm feeling complacent. I'm feeling not motivated. And that, that recruiter's going to go, oh, we'll get you motivated. We'll shake it up for you. No, no problem. Sign on the dotted line, buddy. So let me ask you again, Ryan, are you, do you have enough courage to do that? How bad do you want to change? And this is to anyone listening. Whatever you want in life, I could tell how bad you want it by how it is manifesting in your life currently. Like, for instance, if you say, I really want to be a good father. I really want to be a good father. Well, I could tell, and anyone around you can tell, how bad you want to be a good father by your kids. We could look at that. If you want to say, I want to be the best at my job, I could tell, and your boss could tell, how bad you really want to be the best at your job by how you're currently performing at your job. Because if you're not, then I'll go, well, you really don't want to be the best at your job. You really don't want to be a great father because you're not doing anything. So you really don't. So don't say you really want it. So to you, Ryan, I say, how bad do you want to fix this problem? What extreme measures will you take to shake your life up? Because I'm giving you some extremes. I'm saying drop everything. Go to the Marine Corps. Go to the Army. They will shake you up. They will keep you accountable. Another thing to do if, if you don't want to go to that kind of extreme, get, a, get a, a good group of guys, an accountability group, and go to them and go, guys, I'm feeling lazy. I need you guys to help me. And they'll go, yeah, help. let's do it. We'll keep, me, we'll keep each other accountable, right? Keep an eye on me. We can't be trusted on our own. I think you're too comfortable. If you're in a class in college, and you're failing because you're thinking, I'll get to it later. Something tells me, buddy, I'm going to say something to you, and please don't take offense to this, but I'm going to tell you, something tells me you're not paying for that class. Somebody else is. I don't want to, 
I don't want to drag you through the dirt too much, but I think if you were paying for that class, if that was your money and you worked for that money to pay for that college class, you sure wouldn't fail it because you just think you'll get to it later. You'll think, I paid for this class. I'm studying. I'm going to get this done. I'm definitely going to pass it because I got to do better. If that's the case, if someone else is paying for it, maybe your parents and you're failing it. I got to tell you, man, you're failing them too. How does that make you feel? It's time to shake things up. There's a lot of ways to do it. Email me back. We'll talk about it. I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate all y'all. Thank you for emailing. I love doing this podcast. It's fun. We'll see you next Monday. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.